chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Chelsea maintained their run of clean sheets but could only muster a point, drawing 0-0 at Leeds United Saturday morning. Everton couldn't overcome Burnley's fast start at Goodison Park, falling 2-1 at home after a goal of the season contender from Dwight McNeil. Manchester City pounced on a few Fulham mistakes early in the second half to trot out 3-0 winners at Craven Cottage. And on Sunday, Arsenal overcame one of the great North London derby goals from Eric Lamella to win 2-1 against rivals Tottenham. Liverpool saw it the weekend on Monday, finally got on the right side of a 1-0 win as Diogo Schotta's goal just before halftime took down his former side Wolves away from home. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Andrew's off for the night. we got plenty of Premier League uh, action to recap. A couple of Premier League w- games coming up this weekend, but uh, mostly FA Cup quarterfinal action. So uh, only four Premier League games in total, and then uh, four FA Cup games. So still football, We're but back, uh, not baby. all Premier League. We're back, Fuck Tottenham. Arsenal, 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 London is red. All right, yeah, we let's, had let's, let's get this part over with. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean over with? It's going to be going on the entire pod, you know. It, it, it always is be, with you, Javier. Of course, is. but now it is it is you know merited. We hadn't beaten Tottenham since 2018. Just it feels so sweet. Lamella got sent off. Lamella scored a god goal. Lamella gets sent off. Yeah, it's he just, uh, came on for Hyunming Son, who got injured a couple minutes in. Uh, scored that worldy Rabona in the 33rd minute, completely against the run of play. Then Arsenal got back into the game uh, with a beautiful Odegaard goal uh, just before halftime in the 44th minute. And uh, then Alexander Lacazette scored a penalty in the 64th minute. And like you mentioned, Lamella got sent off with a second yellow card in the 76th minute for uh, elbowing someone. Who, who was it that he elbowed? Tierney. Tierney, yeah. It was it was rough. I, I thought it was good enough to be a straight red, to be honest, but... Yeah, second yellow will do. He already had a yellow card, of course. He'd already had like uh, four or five tackles that deserved yellows before that, and he just gotten away with murder. He's just yeah. I hate him. Water, as a water is wet, sky's blue. But Tottenham that was are dirty listen, cunts. That was his first sending off ever for Tottenham in seven years. <laughs> That's. But he's gotten so fifty-two yellow cards. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah, he's gotten fifty-something yellow cards, but he's never been sent off. So. Well, launch into your arsenal spiel, Javier. I'm sure you're 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 ready for it. You've been oh. you've been pestering me about doing a pod ever since this result yes, happened. Yes, 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 yes. It's like Alex. When are we recording next? Please, come on. I, I'm desperate. I, right, Please, I, I want to record been, as soon as possible. I haven't had a big win like this. This is the you know this is our biggest win at home against our rivals. Um, no, you beat you beat us three one. That was a pretty big win. That got you. That was your biggest well, win of the season. Yeah, it got I mean, you back on track. Arteta in the last you know. Also, since this just confirmed that Tottenham are awful. That's all this did. Yeah. That, or that they, they had a five-game winning streak, but we broke that, which uh, which is a, which makes it even sweeter. You know, it puts us at four points. No, they lost to City like two weeks ago. They don't have a five-game winning. I mean, are you, you're counting Europa League, aren't you? Spurs, yeah. 
They have a five yeah, game winning streak. In all competitions? In all competitions, it... yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm thinking in the Premier League. I was like, no, they lost to Manchester City, but all right, I'll, I'll allow it. We're counting Europa League. All right. Um, I mean, those are games too, man. And it's not like this is the knockout round. These aren't the group stage oh, yeah, games Wolfsburger. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Those are <laughs> all right, games. All right. All right. Yeah, it's fair. Fuck out of here. Um, but, uh, you wouldn't let me, you wouldn't let me say shit about Europa League when we were trashing like shit teams in Europa League two years ago. I'm not letting you have that for, uh, <laughs> for you or Tottenham. Alex, if we win our game in hand, are you, uh, are you sweating a little bit? No, we already put to bed the, you guys aren't finishing in top four. So. We'll be eight points yeah. behind you, and we'll, we get to play you later. You know, you'd be you'd be seven points behind us with yeah. nine games to go, and we get to play you. So that's a six. I mean, we also have games against like West Brom, Crystal Palace, uh, like Fulham. We have like, we have a bunch of we still have games that we're like going to get points in. You know, it's not like our schedule is completely difficult. I don't even know why well, I'm just, entertaining this. It, it's just because you guys are, have a clusterfuck what, right what now. What were Arsenal so good at on uh, Sunday? And uh, you go ahead and wax lyrical about Arsenal because you guys did play well. I'll give sure, you that. sure. I thought, but Tottenham uh, okay. were really shit, and I'm gonna Tottenham I'm gonna, were awful. And I thought that I thought that in the first half we moved the ball around really quickly. Um, I was very happy to see William not starting. I loved the front four of <laughs> of Odegaard. It's not an Arsenal recap or preview without a William mention. No, of course not. He still came on, which pissed me off. And we immediately like while, after he came on, we were on the back foot the entire time in the last 15 minutes, but that's neither here nor there. But in the first half, we, um, that front four of Odegaard, Saka, Emile Smith-Rowe and Lacazette, they were able to just like play triangles and do like literal interchange throughout the entire field and just absolutely destroy Tottenham's midfield. Um, and I thought that Mourinho was a little bit naive putting Bale, Kane, Son and Mora all starting against like an energetic good side that knows how to move the ball like Arsenal. So they were just they created zero threat in the first half. That one shot that Lamella had was the only venture forward they really had that entire first half. I mean it was it was that one sided that first half. Um and we really should have been up I mean three goals in that first half. But you know going in with a draw after being down one zero wasn't too bad. It didn't feel too bad and then the way we were playing, I always knew we were going to most likely win this game. Um, and then, oh, I don't know, Odegaard scored. Yeah, and then Lacazette getting that penalty. I mean, I think it's a clear penalty, but Mourinho seems to think that it's ridiculous for anyone to think otherwise. And I don't know if that's just like peak Mourinho. But no, I mean, we've been over it before. Mourinho does that with every right. every big game he loses. He has some sort of shtick that he's going to bring up in the the post game just to distract the, the, people the, the complaint they were terrible the, the complaint was that Lacazette had already like whiffed on the ball which he had um but I don't think that gives you just the license as a defender to clatter into the back of somebody in the in the box right like why would that make a difference apparently that's why VAR didn't Honestly, like it was completely forgettable it. I I didn't even remember like what the penalty was until you just mentioned it there I, I I knew it was a penalty obviously I think I just saw it and went yeah that's a penalty let's move on yeah Mourinho was like oh like he he'd already missed the ball you know the ball was still in play but he missed it he like whiffed on his shot and then the defender you know takes takes him out which is like I mean that's just really stupid play for the defender right like that's not yeah the Lacazette's same thing fault. happened the same thing happened in the Europa League final two years ago when Maitland Niles like went into the back of uh, Pedro when he was trying to shoot and like the, he had already missed the chance but like 
Maitland Niles just ran like right into his back and right. You just can't took do that. Down. It's, yeah. yeah, you can't do that. It's not rugby. There's no body slams in this. I mean, I uh, thought we deserved the win. I thought. I thought. I mean, Andrew uh, on plus money was just shitting all over Arsenal, saying there's no possible way him did and the, his, either of those guys coast, give Arsenal a chance. No, they both said that Arsenal were going to lose um, and that maybe they could draw. But they Andrews literally said. There was no chance Arsenal were going to win this game. Like, he couldn't see <laughs> Arsenal winning this game. But, Andrew, uh, we won. So, you know, I don't know how you couldn't see us winning at home against our rivals. Like, not not yeah, beating Andrew, someone for, like, two or three years. Not beating someone for two years is not, or I guess three years, almost, is not, um, like, insane. If it had been, like, five, six, seven years, then I'd be like, all right. But we, they didn't beat us for a long, long time, much longer than that. And, you know, well, it we, feels good to, to, to beat them again. But five games isn't exactly like a crazy. I mean, it's, it's a while to not beat Tottenham, but it's not like absurd. Well, we have to turn at this point to, I think, mainly. Look, this is the best Arsenal in the last injured, three years. But we have, we have to turn to just how invisible Harry Kane and Gareth Bale were in that game. Gareth like, Bale was so bad. He did absolutely nothing. I, I've seen some disappearing acts before, but I think it's it's not unfair to say that like Lucas Mora and Eric Lamella were like the only two attacking players for Tottenham that looked like they a gave a shit and b could even do anything to impact the game. Kane was like trying to drop off. Bale Bale was like I don't even know how you can set the two apart, but. For me, for me, Bale was like even worse than Kane, and Kane was pretty invisible. Like you didn't even notice either of them at all in the first half. And then yeah, Bale, was, the first time just, you really noticed him, was just Kane in off. the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, Kane popped up a bit and came alive and like almost scored a equalizer when he like hit the bar on a on a free. Yeah, he kick. hit the post but, off of a free kick that like yeah, hit the post right. Leno uh, Leno went stepped the wrong way and and but I mean even then it's not like overall like looking at the game you can give him like a good grade for the match he he was like I said invisible and that's not usually the case against Arsenal so I can kind of understand why those guys were thinking well looking at Kane's form recently he's going to continue that and score like he always does against Arsenal because he has a good record against you guys but. It just goes to show how invisible he was, and that's. But been, I think it also it also does go to show like how good we are right year. now, because let, let me point out that like Arteta, and this is something that um, has been was highly criticized of Arsenal for a long time under Arsene Wenger, was that you know they haven't Arsenal was a team that couldn't get results against the big big teams, and Arsenal under Arteta um, has gotten more wins against the top. He's gotten... Arteta now, actually, after he's beaten Tottenham, has now gotten a win against all the top six. Um, and he's only been here for a year. And that's that's really, really encouraging. So for him to have already under his belt nine wins against top six sides, that's a... Uh, in, in such a short amount of time, you know, it's, it's an encouraging sign that in these big games, we're not just folding, we're not conceding a ton of goals, especially when we go behind, because we've been going behind sometimes in these games and coming back. Which is hard to do against you know top six sides. So, I think psychologically, just like going behind the way that we did, old Arsenal teams, like you know that that could have been like two or three nil, and, and the game could have just been over. That would have been classic Arsenal, right? But it felt I felt like even though we yeah, went that, down, that was that didn't feel like controlled by Tottenham. There, there's been games where old Arsenal teams have had something similar happen where they're playing well, 
but the other team is defending pretty well and gets a goal against the run of play and then Arsenal just get frustrated. But that from Tottenham was just completely disjointed. There was no midfield presence whatsoever from Ndombele and uh, Hoiberg. And uh, th- that just led to the entire forward line, uh, the, that front four just being completely isolated and not able to, you know, get, get across the midfield. I was glad not to see Musa Sissoko in midfield. He's usually a beast against us. I think he came on off the bench, but, you know, they improved but, when he came on. Tottenham improved in the second half near the end, of, you know, the end, near the end of the game. Honestly, when Lamella came off um, and then we brought on William, like El Nenny and... Well, yeah, you, you guys also, once you guys went ahead... The whole team, like before even those subs were made, the whole team dropped off. Like Arteta seems pretty much, I mean, it's not the worst thing because obviously Tottenham haven't, didn't threaten that much to that point, but it was a little concerning that you guys didn't like at least try to go for the jugular maybe I for wanted like us five to. or 10 minutes. I wanted like him more to, but I guess he, he wanted to make a point. I mean, we do have to mention Aubameyang was dropped before this match for disciplinary issues. Um, he came late to to the team meeting apparently before the game and for into warmups. And he'd also been late earlier in the season for COVID testing. So I guess Arteta had been like, you know, don't do that again. And then he did something like that again. So he, he got dropped for this game and that's why you didn't, he's supposed to be in the starting lineup, but that's why you didn't see him um, even come off the bench. And apparently he like stormed away after the game and didn't, you know, do cool downs with the rest of the team. Um, but that's not something you really want to see from your captain, you know? So no, not at all, but good for Arteta for growing a spine. Good for him. Uh, I just want to mention before we move on, Tottenham in, uh, let's just say, top half uh, games this, like the last month or so, lost to Arsenal now. A few weeks ago, uh, before that little uh, winning streak. Let me stop you, Alex. Let me stop you, Alex. They they lost to West Ham 2 1. They lost to City 3 0. Everton in the FA Cup in that crazy 5 4. Chelsea 1 0 at home. In 2021, they haven't won one. They haven't won a game against the top eight. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. Saying where before before we uh, when we were previewing this game, I was just like I can't pick Tottenham to win a game like this when you know every other game that's like any anywhere close to this sort of like occasion recently they've they they just haven't been able to get out of their own half and look anything like they have against you know the bottom half of the league. So yeah, they look like they can beat up really badly on Fulham and West Brom and Sheffield and all them, but when it comes to games like this, yeah, the, so far in 2021 they've been very 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 bad. You know, they've been definitely stat padding a lot against really, really shitty teams and Europa League teams. And it, so that their statistics as a squad don't look that bad, but they've been pretty dreadful at times this season, like unwatchable, paint dry, dreadful. Yeah. So let's move on uh, from the North London Derby. Good win for Arsenal. We'll uh, talk about them a bit more as they're going to be uh, traveling to West Ham this weekend in one of the few Premier League games going on uh, coming up. I, I kind of uh, feel us against them. You, you think you're going to win? They'll have Jesse Lingard back for this one, Javier. You know how much yeah, he likes to will, score against you guys. They will have Jesse Lingard, but like, I mean, they, they're they a good footballing side. They are, but it kind of feels like they're in a tiny bit of a dip right now. I mean, Antonio's a very good player, but we're like on a really big I, high right now. And I don't think we're going to have to play a very strong lineup against um, Olympiacos. We're, I think we'll be able to rest would, a few key players. Would you call a dip? Uh, three wins in their last five Premier League games, and uh, the only games that weren't wins were losses at Manchester City and at Manchester United. Okay, is that that's a dip? Fair. Or that's is maybe that just... not a dip. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, just I mean, like they, losing they've beaten to really Leeds, good teams. Tottenham, and Sheffield are the other three wins in that time. I mean, I'm not saying uh, they're favorites yeah. against you, but it's it's 
It's even money, I think. Like for who I, comes I, out, I, I, I do think, think it it's close. I do think it's close. I could see a draw. I could definitely see a draw. I just think that there's a like belief in the in the squad right now. There's a like players like Granite Jaka, who I know he had that error the other day that cost us like a goal, but he's playing very well when he has the support around him. And I mean, Martin Odegaard, this kid is special, right? Like we've seen him do amazing things on Real Sociedad and not so much on Real Madrid, but you know, he's, he's a real talent and having him for this half of the season, at least is, is really going to push us um, further in these types of games. Like, I don't like, I think like I, I respect West Ham a lot. I think, I don't think we're going to like blow them away by any means. I think they're going to be, salty that that we beat them earlier in the season in the second game of the season where we got a little bit lucky to beat them like they played really well and got unlucky to lose that game against us so i could definitely see a draw um i could see west ham coming out here with uh, with a vengeance you know they, they they only have to worry about the premier league so i'm sure they're gonna be very very focused in on this game um and they're gonna come out high energy and and we're gonna have to probably like if, if we get into the first half nil nil at halftime i'll be very confident that we'll be able to go and win in the second half if we go down like one nil in the second half or even like two nil something like that then i, I think west ham could take it um or maybe we could battle back for a draw but i think it's gonna be important to like kind of weather the storm with them and then in the second half you know in the last part of the game um you know you could kind of tell against uh, against manchester united yeah and you could kind of tell against united that they you know, United could have won by by more than that, and once they weathered the storm, they kind of like you can tell that the that the teams like United are better than West Ham. You could tell that like just the quality of play was better, but West Ham were not able to to like apply themselves. I guess we should mention the result since we're talking about West Ham too. Manchester United beat West Ham one nil this weekend in a pretty drab game. Yeah, the Craig was, Dawson own goal early in the not, first half. Not a lot of chances, not a lot of quality on the ball, a lot of missed chances. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't even say, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with the overall statement. Manchester United look like they're like a level above West Ham United. But, you know, West Ham weren't completely out of that game. I'm not saying they missed some great chances and should have drawn 1-1, but there were chances to, to be had. And you could kind of tell there was a, there was a bit of a... They miss they miss Lingard and having him back for this Arsenal game. I think it kind of makes it one of the Lingard, like the Lingard games does of the like weekend. a game against Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say two two. I could see two two. I could see two two. I'm gonna say two one Arsenal. I think West Ham is a similar level of team to Tottenham, and we'll show them respect. We're not gonna like underestimate them. Oh, no, I think they're definitely better than Tottenham. They're they're playing better and they have. More I know that of they're like playing better, but I'm Tottenham. saying like they I, they they're kind of similar strategies. In that they um, yeah, but West deploy... Ham are better at it. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Uh, yeah, this I just see this game kind of being like a similar matchup to like Aston Villa when you guys played them. Like they're they're good enough on the ball, but they're very comfortable with just not having the ball, letting Arsenal control the the or dictate the like the possession of the game, and then just hitting you guys on on the break. Like I'm not, I'm not saying they're gonna beat you but yeah 2-2 two, two, i think sounds about right you're gonna yeah. say yeah, two, one, fun. Arsenal. i wouldn't be yeah and i mean again like this isn't the end all be all i know we're not getting top four in the league this season but if we finish if we want to finish in europa league places then we're going to need wins like this we're gonna to have to finish above some a team like west ham so well you know we're not actually, that far away mention, from them in the table i want to mention broadly this weekend I mean, it was a good weekend for a lot of teams. If if we win this game, we'll be four points behind West Ham. So, yeah, it's not terrible. I, I think they have. No, we're on the same amount of games played. Okay, 
And if we beat them by two or more goals, like, well, like, I, I don't know. It's not, it's not, we, 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 we're not like completely out of the top five, six conversation. So, yeah, I did just want to mention that, you know, it's a good weekend for a lot of teams, but like surprisingly, I would not have thought this after Chelsea drew Leeds nil nil to start things on Saturday, but it was a pretty good weekend for uh, Arsenal and Chelsea. Yeah, it wasn't a like, bad weekend for Chelsea. Just I mean, you, look you at guys it, just like, needed to not lose us. that game. Yeah, you know, like pretty much every team except for Liverpool. Uh, yeah, I wanted the Liverpool draw. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, Liverpool looked good but not great. Uh, you know, Chelsea, we drew with Leeds, which you know wasn't ideal. But then you know, West Ham, who were just behind. I us, I told lose. you, Leeds would get it. Would like Everton they were probably lose. closer to winning that. Yeah, Tottenham lose, Villa draw <laughs> with uh, with Newcastle right at the end. We told you, uh, Andrew. I mean, yeah, we we did try to tell you, Andrew. We told uh, you, Andrew. <laughs> Newcastle yeah, are not so just dog shit. Not not the worst weekend. I mean, let's hit on that uh, Everton Burnley game real quick because Burnley jumped out quickly with a, uh, a 2-0 lead. Burnley's best game of the season, no doubt. They could have been up five goals in the first half. Yeah, they probably should they have won. By, it probably should not have been as close as it ended up being. But, in the uh, first Chris and Wood second scored. half, they had rampant 15, 20-minute spells where they just absolutely dogged Everton. I had not seen yeah. Everton really take that much of a beating before. What a beautiful goal by McNeil as well, who's only 21 years old. You so, know. goal of the weekend: Dwight McNeil against uh, Everton or Eric or Lamella, Lamella against Arsenal. For me, it's for me, it's McNeil because I hate Lamella, but I'm sure like extravagant people. Well, yeah, I, I mean, like, I hate I hate Lamella as well, but that was. I feel like Lamella's goal is so unique, though. Like I've never really so seen unique. a goal like that. You're not going to so. see that for a long, long time in so any I'll, Premier League game. I'll <laughs> give it to Lamella, even though I fucking hate him. Um, well, but, you can give it to him because you guys got the better of them in the end. It's Look true. at this. And this he got this sent whole off. pod is turning into Arsenal. You're right. I know. I, I mean, I told you. You, you infect everything be, you talk, Xavier. You infect. I, you're everything. the one who brought it up. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to mention <laughs> that Burnley game was like probably one of the upsets of the weekend. You know, we we're, we all know Burnley are capable of getting results. Of course, against, Burnley uh, are fucking going down. Sides. Yo, fuck Burnley, man. Yeah, yeah. But for Burnley to just play Everton off the park, where. You know, Everton, you know, they've had some tough games recently. They were coming off that loss at Stamford Bridge It makes last me feel week. good that we have to play against them in, like, a couple... I think after this West Ham game, we play Everton. So, it makes me feel good that Burnley yeah, but beat there's, them. there's an international um, break around uh, in there, between. so it's, it's not, true. Just, it's not true. just back-to-back. I told you Leeds could get something from you, man, and they were close to getting the win. Like, I almost got that prediction right. They, uh, they smashed the woodwork, and you got lucky Bamford had to come off injured in that game. There was not that much eventful things that went on. Um, if you say that you guys hit the woodwork too, I'll fucking kill you. They hit well, the I mean, woodwork. We did. No, we they did. hit the woodwork twice. We you did. had nothing I mean, to do with it. What are you talking about? You didn't watch the build up to that play. The nice Dude, little it was intricate like a one triple, touch passing. Yeah, but it was a triple ricochet like off the def- two defenders and then like smacked onto the bar. Like it had nothing to do with Chelsea. Like it wasn't like a Chelsea shot on goal or something. I'm, I'm going to hold off on like most of my Chelsea thoughts just because. You know, we're, we're recording on Tuesday night. Well, we've play, got a Champions Sheffield. League second leg against Atletico tomorrow. And then we've got, you know, Sheffield United, who are fresh off firing or, I guess, agreeing Listen, to part I, ways I with Chris think... Wilder. We've got them in the FA Cup and oh, they just yeah, lost 5-0 to Leicester. Right. Like, even if we lose to Atletico tomorrow, you know, that would obviously be a very... Yeah, you're, you're going to dog You're going to dog them. That would be a big downer to our week. We we still get that FA Cup, like, quarterfinal to, you know, beat the you shit should, out of Sheffield at home. If you don't beat them, like, home, three or four nil, like, I'm yeah, going to be a little I'm, bit disappointed. I'm kind of expecting that. We're not previewing that game, but 
the Leeds game was like another. It, it was kind of a surprise that the, the lineup was a little bit like, weird from from just, Tuchel. Yeah, he decided to like you know test things out, try another uh, different weird sort of lineup, and you know it worked well in terms of like us like keeping the ball and getting was, out of the press was and things Pulisic like that. Again but, at right wing back, right? Uh, it was it was Tupolisic's first start uh, in the Premier League for uh, Tuchel, and he was at right wing back. And like on the ball, honestly, sometimes it looks like like a four two three one. Uh, with Havertz as center forward, Pulisic right wing, ZH attacking midfield, and then Mason you, you, you Mount You had left just wing. been spouting like, uh, Havertz's, you know, virtues in that Everton well. game. He, he played well. I, he had, I thought he, he did had not two play very that good well. chances. Okay, he, he had, had chances, chances, but he messed them up, yeah. Well, yeah, but the two chances he had, uh, the second one early in the second half, like I was a little upset that he didn't do better on and thought he should have scored, but... The, the, the first chance he had early in the first half was from like a driven cross from Pulisic. I, I know that wide, you're going right? to be like, just d- I know that you're going to laugh at this, but like he really does remind me of like Ozil at like 2021, like the way that he like plays and how he like how effortless some some things that he does, he makes look. But then how he also like, I mean, Ozil at that age, inverted Remen and then at Real Madrid was banging in goals, playing super well. That's not like a, this is someone who won a World Cup and was one of the best players on that team. His time at Arsenal was was obviously not that good, but before that, he was one of the best players in the world. Um, you know, top twenty players in the world in his prime. So, I, I don't get think... more uh, Dennis Burkamp vibes from uh, Kai Havertz. Mm, maybe I don't know if he has the same. The, the like, Ozil thing doesn't hold flair. up for me because Havertz he's got more of a like a phys- physical profile. Does to he him have more he... of a physical profile? He's kind of a lanky. I mean, maybe he'll he's bulk like, up he's in like a year six, or two. Three and he like he, he's played center forward for. Leverkusen in the past and yeah maybe he's a little bit more but like I, I need, I need more. to see that yeah I need to see like that no, like one's, in action. no one would have stuck Ozil at center forward like even when he was at his best as like a, as a as a youngster well, he was no, a great my player fo- my follow-up to that is I kind of don't see Havertz being like a 20 goal a year scorer ever in his career um, I kind of see him as maybe 10 to 12 on like his good seasons, maybe seven to eight on a bad season no, or a medium fif- season. 15 to 20, 15 to 20. I don't think he's ever going to score 15 to 20 goals in the Premier League. Like, I don't see that dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not willing to make a I, bet I, about it, but you I know, think that's he, what I he think he could have for, like, no, I think like, I think assists. he could have something like 10 goals and 10 assists, something like that. And that would be like a very good output. Like, but I don't see him being a 20 or 15 to 20 goal scorer a year. Like I see that needing to be Timo Werner, um, I see, I see needing you know seven to ten goals from Christian Pulisic, five to ten from Callum Hudson Odoi, um, and then you know goals from Tammy Abraham and Giroud. Um, I saw a statistic that Chelsea are the team that um, have tied after this weekend because Aguero scored, um, have tied most goal scorers throughout their team, um, but Chelsea don't have anyone in the team who has more than five Premier League goals. So it is what it is, but. Chelsea have the goal spread throughout the team, and that's good that you guys have you know been playing well as a team and been getting goals when you need it. Um, and yeah, it I mean, makes you think. It makes you think like eventually your your strikers and your front line is gonna have is gonna start scoring much like Arsenal. Do you remember earlier in the season Arsenal had a really hard time scoring? We couldn't find the goals from other sources, um, so we just didn't score. Kind of the same with Liverpool. Liverpool been dried up a lot recently. Um, haven't been getting goals. They got, I mean, one goal. Now that Yelta's back, maybe they're going to get a little bit more goal scoring output from the rest of that front three. But, but this Chelsea but let's play side, a game of yeah. a game of would you rather? If you played, would you rather have you know 
the goal scoring output of some of Tottenham's best players like Kane and Son, they're objectively having great goal scoring and assist uh, numbers in, in this season. But it, like I said, in these big, in these big games that they've come, uh, I mean, outside of the Manchester City game earlier this season, maybe some others, but of late when it's mattered, those players haven't shown up. Or would you rather have like a Chelsea team that has you know started to put together a much more consistent defensive record and gets goals where it needs? You know, it is, we're not it, the most it, consistent it goal scorers. It is scorers, impressive. I mean, you guys we were enough. very lucky not to score in this game. Mendy had like an incredible save to push a um, a shot under the bar. I think it was Harrison Reed's shot. Um, yeah. So I I actually have a, a theory about that. I think Chelsea have. They're close to reaching the point, and I, this this mentality I think is starting to set in on other teams. Chelsea are close to reaching the point defensively where they're so good and they're very good at uh, snuffing out counterattacks specifically when we're able to uh, impose that possession style on teams that when they do get opportunities like one, once or twice throughout 90 minutes, uh, they're much more likely to choke them because they feel this desperation like, oh, okay, finally we've got our chance. You saw it against uh, Everton last week. Richarlison had a really good chance uh, where he wasn't quite 1v1, but he got played in into space in our box and he just completely blasted it wide. And I, I, yeah, I've just noticed it with other like pretty good teams that we've played when they've gotten into our area. Uh, and, and they have that one, one or two chances in a game. It, it seems like they're a bit more... They're not in the right calm state of mind to just sort of like compose themselves and finish. And, you know, that can all be ended real quick with like one or two teams, you know, scoring against us. But I think it's a factor because Rafinha at the end of the first half had, or maybe early in the second half, the the, the second really good save Mendy had, that was a really good chance. The one where he like turned and shot with his left yeah, foot. Yeah, he and put scuffed it, his shot. Yeah, he scuffed his shot. Yeah, it, like Leeds had but like, chances. They had but they the weren't better like chances. Amazing chances. Havertz had that. like Havertz had like one kind of like thirty yard from thirty yards out where he like did a nice turn and then got into one v one kind of with the keeper at an acute angle and put it straight at him. And I thought that was 30, Chelsea's it best chance. It wasn't thirty yards out. Yeah, it was no. The he early like he, second he, half he, chance. he ran into the box. I just mean he was like about thirty yards out with the ball. Made it like a nice turn, and then kind of came got, in got from it, an angle. He got it at the top of the box, turned to his right to get it on his right foot, which is weaker foot, and he couldn't put it in the bottom left corner because a Leeds defender was coming over to to block. So he just tried to power it straight, like I guess near post, and it just Melier was able to just you know palm it over. That was the chance I was saying that like he should have taken, even if it was on his weaker foot. And you know we had some we had some good chances where we like. Uh, later in the second half, we we had like a flurry of chances where I thought we were going to score, and then the last like I kind of feel like Giroud would have Giroud would have served well in this game. It was it was too fast paced of a game, and I think they're saving him for Atletico because Atletico they're going to sit back and he's not going to have to run to try and like recover the ball. I, I kind of do think Tuchel like maybe like underestimated Leeds a little bit because you, I think you guys got very lucky to get away with the draw in this game. Um, but I do think you're going to smash Sheffield this weekend, and uh, we'll see how you do with this Atletico game tomorrow. It's really the only interesting Champions League matchup um, in this round of of this week. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be St. Patrick's Day. It's a four o'clock kickoff because of daylight savings happening here before Europe. So uh, get some St. Patrick's Day uh, Guinnesses in while uh, while I watch that. I guess let's just look ahead to some of the games this weekend that we haven't talked about yet. We already talked about West Ham Arsenal. Uh, earlier in the weekend for the Premier League, Fulham will play Leeds Friday at 4 p.m. And then Brighton will host Newcastle Saturday at 4 p.m. Uh, and then those are those are two kind of sneaky big games. 
They're very important at uh, the the bottom of the table. Yeah, I think three of those four teams. Fulham can look at Leeds as a team that they can beat. You know, they're a team that I don't think is going to have Patrick Bamford, their leading goal scorer, and Fulham on a great run of form right now. I know they lost three nil to City, but I I don't think that that's going to anyone's put anyone's heads down. Um, And then Brighton just can't shoot themselves in the foot against like a high press like they did against Manchester City because, you know, Leeds are coming with the same strategy. And it was the two mess ups by uh, Joaquim Anderson and uh, Tosin Adebarayo, who who basically uh, gifted City their goals. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the guy on on Andrews Plus Money, but I will give him credit, even though I shit on him for the Tottenham uh, for saying that Arsenal had no chance. But he did call the Brighton over Southampton, which was a huge win, huge, huge win for Brighton because they had been faltering lately, hadn't been getting appropriate wins. um, And it kind of sucks Southampton (laughs) like into the kind of a little bit into the relegation battle right now. Um, I think they'll be okay. I think Uh, they'll be okay as well. But their form is absolutely atrocious right now. So, Which, by the way, if you want to listen to that episode, well, you probably don't need to listen to that episode of Plus Money since the uh, weekend they were previewing has already uh, come and gone. But uh, the, the guy who gave that uh, prediction was at O underscore my underscore Goss, G-O-S. So uh, shout out to him for uh, predicting Brighton over Southampton. Such a brave decision. I mean, no, it's a, it's a good pick. Brighton hadn't been looking amazing. No, his his reasoning was good. His it was that like Brighton's one of the teams that has by far the biggest difference in like expected goals and actual yeah. goals scored. So like they've been creating a lot of chances they just haven't been getting the the appropriate goals and that, I mean Southampton the, are on It's been the thing on Brighton for a couple of years now. <laughs> Where, you know, they, they can create chances, but they're just going to start putting them away a bit more. Southampton have lost four out of the last five games with their only win being they beat Sheffield 2-0. You know, they got drilled by Leeds 3-0, lost to Everton, got pounded by City, and then now lost to Brighton. So I wouldn't, like, I think they'll be okay too. But if Fulham win this game, um, which which it would be really big for them, you know, they'll be they'll be pushing... Southampton and Burnley back no, in, a little bit into the into the conversation. No, they won't. Southampton. Okay, Southampton are fourteen points, thirty three points. Yeah, twenty nine points. Fulham would be on twenty nine <sighs> points, four points out, dude. That's so, not like. So, do you think like do you think like Wolves are still in when it you're or? losing when you're losing four out of five games? How many more points are you going to pick up till the end of the season? There's only nine I, games left. Like, I just, if they I just win two more games the rest of the season. I just think you're casting too wide of a net. You know, all it takes is for like Southampton, like Burnley, think, are on think, the same level of points, but we have more trust in Burnley the that they're going to stay Fulham, out of it than Southampton. Yes, I know. I think that Fulham, the way that Fulham have been playing, get a couple wins and they're good. No, I know. Yeah. I agree. I know that they're they're probably good on 39 points, but 38 points has usually. I think there's been. One season in the last six or seven where 38 points hasn't been safe. Um, usually the threshold is 40, though. So I'd say if you get to 40, like 100 percent, you're going to be safe. There's no way Fulham are going to get up to 40 points. But I think anyone who doesn't reach that 40 threshold is under a tiny bit of threat until they do. Especially so, if so you're on bad form. We, I don't think so Crystal we all Palace agree is. West Brom and Sheffield are getting relegated. That's just, you know, that's set in stone. They're on yeah, 18 that's, and 14 that's set points. In stone. That's set in stone. The only team that la- really leaves. I mean, like you're you, gonna you, can, laugh. you can throw out Burnley and Southampton if you want, but it's it's Newcastle and maybe Brighton. But right. think if you're see. a Newcastle fan, despite them not losing their last three games and getting draws, they're the team that is shitting themselves over this recent like Fulham resurgence. Yeah, and I think I think Brighton again. This is this game this weekend. They play against Newcastle. I mean, the winner of that game huge is going to be huge game. I mean, 
Fulham are going to be coming out to kill. And if they get a result against Leeds, which I wouldn't put it past the man, um, if they get a result against Leeds, you know they're going to be above. They're going to put Newcastle into the relegation zone for the first time this season, I believe. Um, and they're going to they're going to push Brighton level on points. So one of those two is going to have to get a win there. I, I think a draw. A draw is not a good. A draw is like a loss for both of these teams, so I think it'll be a fun one. I, I kind of see that being a shootout, maybe three two Brighton. Kind of feel like New, okay. Newcastle lose it. I, I don't. I don't predict a shootout in any game Newcastle's involved in, but uh, yeah, I mean it's a relegation six pointer, so they're both desperate. So who knows? Uh, the last Premier League game of the weekend of those four is going to be Aston Villa hosting Tottenham Sunday at three thirty p.m. Uh, that West Ham Arsenal game will be earlier that day, Sunday at 11 a.m. Do we have any idea what's going to happen here, or is this going to well, be no, like and two? And I was going to say, I don't, I don't think Grealish is going to be back yet, and I kind of feel like Villa without Jack Grealish is just not that good. I know they got one; they've gotten one win in their last five games, um, which was a decent win against Leeds. I feel like they kind of got lucky in that win, though. Um, and now they've lost. He, they he lost is, to Sheffield. Uh, he is expect. He is expected to return against Tottenham. Now that's as of Tuesday. How, yeah, before how a game is going to be, be on Sunday. I mean, maybe yeah. If he does return, then I could see this being. Uh, I could see it being like two two. But I don't know. This is this is this is another kind of big test for Tottenham to see if like they're going to still make a push, a final push for that Champions League spot. Because despite their loss to Arsenal. They get a, a win. They, if they win their game in hand against Chelsea, they're three points behind you guys. You can't say they're out yet. So I know that we want to laugh at them. And, I can, and say I can, they, and I will because they haven't beaten anyone decent, and they still have like a pretty difficult. All right, so if they've beat Villa, you're not going to be like, all right, that was someone decent because you've praised no, because, Villa in this because, pod. Okay, because several if they times beat Villa, for being very good. So. Sure, they have Newcastle after that after the international break, but then the, the three games they have the rest of April are Manchester United at home Everton away and Manchester City away oh sorry Manchester City in the Carabao Cup so that's not going to be a league game but that plus Europa League I'm just kind of like why would I trust Tottenham to finish in top four if I don't trust them to like get a win against anyone in the top half of the table right now no definitely I mean I don't think they're gonna make it either but I'm gonna say 1-1 against Villa yeah I kind of like 1-1 too Hmm. I just don't see either of these they're both shit Or even well, a nil nil, or even a nil nil, because I feel like yeah, I think these both of these teams are going to finish most likely outside of the European places. Um, I do, I think Arsenal is going to finish above Villa. I mean, I don't maybe think. Europa League. I wouldn't, I wouldn't possibly count them out for Europa League. Who I don't knows? think, I don't think Villa will, but I do think Tottenham can still get be in it for Europa League. I sincerely, sincerely don't think. Aston Villa would be able to handle the demands of Europa League and Premier League. Right, I don't, they, I don't know if they want to. I was going to say, do they have the squad? They're not ready for that smoke yet. Yeah. Let, like build up the squad a bit more. Don't be so reliant on Grealish because he's going to need a rest here and there. And you're going to need to be like able to what, get results like without what happened, do you, like You remember what happened to Wolves? Um, like There's been several teams that have been around that level. Like Burnley, when they were really good and got Europa that one year. Um, so all Wolves of these actually teams, thought weren't bad, but they... They were all right. It, it, like they still were in it for top four, I think, down to the last game of last season uh, when they were in the the Europa League and they played more games than any other team. This season, they've obviously just had the Jimenez injury and now this Patricio injury that looks really bad. So that's kind of thro- thrown them off their uh, their schedule a little bit. But are you worried um, about Liverpool, who who picked up that that one nil? Very shoddy win against Wolves. Yeah, Liverpool are on the obvious ones. Liverpool have to be the obvious ones, uh, but you're still not thinking they're completely healed yet. 
you got to you got to see them against uh, someone at Anfield first. Fabinho Fabinho did that. look good in midfield. He did, but there's know. still there's still some very obvious and glaring issues in behind that that right back yeah, spot the, for the, Alexander the, Arnold. The, I was going to say the Kabak, Nate Phillips, Trent Alexander Arnold backline. Uh, those three are don't like inspire any defensive spine at all. Uh, obviously Robertson, he's he's played a lot of games this season. Like he he looks to be slowing down a little bit, um, and I'm sure he he's like knowing that the Euros are coming up this summer. I don't think he wants to completely destroy his body for a team that's probably not going to finish in Champions League and not going to win the Champions League this season. So no, I th- I, 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 don't, I don't think I don't so. Know. Robertson we'll seems like the kind who's going to just you know run himself into it. the ground yeah, just maybe. to get Champions League. He does, he does, but I don't think I don't think Liverpool can get Champions League this season. I think it would be a really big ask. Because all of this bullshit narrative that I've heard Liverpool fans like mainly on Plus Money. I think it was the last Plus Money where they were like. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll probably get Europa League. Like, we can't allow that because they were literally talking about them being one of the greatest Premier League teams of all time. And yes, they got a bunch of very important injuries, but they should still be looking at their schedule from, and looking at their place from, and thinking from like we can get Champions From like 2000 to 2014 or 2015, Liverpool finished 10th to 7th like the whole time. This isn't a okay, team that's I don't know been about like... That. I don't know about they that. Did. They were making Champions League pretty consistently. No, not during that time. Not from 2010 to like 2015. They oh, were really, oh, okay. really shit. I thought, you went, I thought you went earlier. No, no, no. 2010 to 2015. So like it's still half of this decade, right? Still half of the last decade. They were in the... I guess we're in the next decade now. But in the, in the decade beforehand, you know, this Liverpool side was still not constantly making top four or even five or six so i don't think it's that like i know that it, they've been implying that although this team is so great and everything and i think we've seen that with a couple of injuries this team you know didn't have the depth to maintain this for more than a few seasons they're, they're not a dynasty you know what city have their dynasty what Bayern have what psg you know that year after year they're going to be up there challenging for the title they'll have no, occasional I off years i don't buy that i don't buy dynasty in the premier league because for a dynasty, I think you legitimately have to have I think the thought they've in your won, head. Well, they've like, won five titles no in ten that, years. That Team X is going to lose the league. What like you, five titles had, in ten years? And yeah, but three every, of those titles but every year. Every you never, year you, in the back you didn't of your head. That, every year in the every back year of your you're head, calling you're City, City to win the league. Not, might not win it. No, you're you're calling City to win the league every year. In the last five years, I believe me and you have called City to win every year. I think yeah, I yeah. called I mean, Liverpool I this have, year, actually. I have, but I've been fully prepared for them to get a couple of injuries and not win it. Okay, like, but that's a dynasty, though. If you're calling them no, every not. single year and then they've I, won telling, five I'm out of the last you, ten I'm years. I'm telling you right now that a dynasty in, in football and soccer, because it's obviously it's got different characteristics in different sports, it has to be like what PSG have established in Ligue 1, what... Juve had established for the whole past decade in Syria and what Bayern still have is that it would be a total and unequivocal shock if this team didn't win the league this year. And I don't think that has ever been the case in the Premier League in the last, you know, pretty much since its inception in uh, 92. Like there have been teams like Manchester United that you say like, oh, they'll probably win it. They should win it. But you know, there are, there's always a team like looking to nip at their heels to rise up and 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 make something happen, like Leicester did or like Blackburn did back in the '90s. It, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't think you can apply the term dynasty to any Premier League team. Well, I honest. just think that they kind of came out of nowhere. Obviously, they got all that money, um, all that Emirati money, but 
to to rise up from their first title ever in 2010, right, um, in the Premier League, and now have five Premier League titles. 2010 was their first title. 2010-2011. Manchester City? Yeah. That's no, it's 11-12. 9-10 Chelsea, 10-11 Man United, 11-12 Man City, 12-13 Man United. 11-12, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, well, then, yeah, in, in 10 years, though. Okay, so it's been yeah, 10, 10 years. years they've won, they've they've won, won five. five titles, which is ridiculous. I think that's like... And, 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 and during that period, it's been the most competitive era of the Premier League, right? So I think it's a little bit different to say, like... Yeah, United whoa, won whoa, whoa, twelve whoa, 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 whoa. titles. You, you, the last, you, you the went, on, you went most... on to me about how the early part of last decade uh, was the least competitive uh, in in the Premier League history, like from two thousand ten to two thousand like sixteen, when Pep and Mourinho at United and Conte at Chelsea, like pretty much during that six or seven year period, the league was shit. So. We've had that conversation before. Well, because like Premier League teams weren't going yeah, to Champions League semifinals Champions like they were League, before. Yeah. Right. It was all Spanish teams. It's true. Uh, Our teams were a little German bit overrated team. then. Yeah. Also, City won that first title well, with the last kick of the last game. Well, I just mean more. I just mean more competitive in the league. That's what I mean by that. I don't mean yeah. like in Europe. I would just say it's always been really competitive, and you know, yeah, City have put together uh, the the best sort of like maintainable. Uh, standard, I guess. But I guess the scary they're, thing they're about on their City, way. they're on their way to a dynasty. Yeah, like I was going to say the, United the, sort the, the, the scary thing about them is, I mean, you know that they're going to go and buy someone like they haven't dropped splashed like incredible cash. I know they bought Diaz for like sixty million, Cancelo for sixty million, but that doesn't like it doesn't. You feel like they're going to go and buy a Galactico like Holland, like an Mbappe, in the next year or two, and that's just going to make them unbeatable. You know, like if if they go and get Holland, do you, you're not going to keep picking them for the next five years, ten years for the title every year, like like we all are. You know? I guess it would just depend uh, if and when uh, Pep Guardiola moves on. I would just that would literally just be how but, I approach it. But every it. team like, that Pep Guardiola has Pep moved leaves. on for, every team that Pep's moved on for, he's le- like they've continued winning titles for five, six years after that. Just now, Barcelona is starting to come off Pep's team that he made over a decade ago now. Oh, Bayern wow. Munich. Yeah. Bayern Munich still are a phenomenal. Man, are I wonder phenomenal. if there's anyone else we could attribute that success to. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't think so. It was Pep. It was all Pep. It wasn't. It wasn't a guy who's about to leave this summer. Who's considered one of the greatest players ever? Yeah. Nothing what if they go get Holland and Messi? <laughs> stop this, dude. Come on. You just. <laughs> so, you know, it's only we won't. We'll just stop doing the, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just stop doing the podcast. Call it at the end of the, the beginning of the season. You're just like, all right, we'll. We'll just start to referring to them as the team who shall not be named, just like right. Voldemort and Harry Potter. Like, oh, the, they who shall not be named won five nil again. Uh, earlier on Saturday, Bournemouth and Southampton will face off. Uh, Saturday at eight fifteen a.m. I actually kind of like Bournemouth to win that. They're, they're playing pretty well in the, the championship right now. They've got a lot of their team intact from when they were in the Premier League. They're at home. Yeah, I don't know. I just I also I'm not liking Southampton too much at the moment. So I think Bournemouth uh, win that and they're the, the shock or the, the surprise FA Cup semifinalist. Uh, then we mentioned earlier, Chelsea are going to host Sheffield Sunday at 9.30 a.m. I kind of expect Chelsea to just cruise through on that. Like I mentioned, Chris Wilder is no longer their manager and Sheffield seem a bit... Uh, like they've given up, uh, especially from that that five nil drubbing they took at Leicester, uh, and uh, Leicester will host Manchester United Sunday at one p.m., which looks like the uh, the tightest game of the weekend, the most interesting game of the weekend. Who would you favor in this? 
because Lester have shit all over my uh, my opinion that Vardy and Ian Aksho cannot play well together. Yeah, um, they, I don't know I what mean, to think of Sheffield, Lester right now. They were amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like Ian, the, the Ian Aksho finishes. Put into Ian Aksho, yeah, Ian Aksho's first first, uh, first consecutive first hat trick, first time he scored in three consecutive Premier League games. Uh, this is a player who, back when he was on Manchester City, I wanted him on Arsenal. I thought he would be. Um, a fantastic player in the Premier League. And, you know, he hasn't really kicked on for Leicester. Like, up till this point... Well, until now, yeah. Yeah, up till this point, we haven't really seen him go on runs of scoring a bunch of goals or, or looking good. But he scored some screamers in this one and looked phenomenal. Um, Vardy was able to, to get some assists to him as well. And, I don't know, I'm... Um, hmm... I kind of feel like United, they're going to have they're gonna have this big game against Milan on Thursday, and I think they're going to prioritize that a little bit. And I kind of favor Leicester in this one. I think Leicester have a... Uh, they're they're going to be more fresh. They don't have that midweek game um, in Europa League. And, you know, they, they already, they've already been eliminated from Europa. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Leicester the edge. I'm going to say 2-1 Leicester. I also okay. think just like the way that they've been playing under this new formation. They, they played like a five at the back with Evans, Soyonachu and uh that kid wesley fofana Fofana, and then and then Pereira right wing back and castagna left wing castagna left wing back and it's like they just they just lock up midfield with yeah uh, with indeed and tielmans yeah and i was just like it it was filthy to watch like i just like i really like that formation that that i know i know it was was but like i but that's why i think against united they're gonna i think they might get a result here i'm gonna say two one i'm gonna say one nil man united Every time I feel like, uh, oh, Man United are, you know, they're starting to, you know, drop off. They've now followed that kind of, that bad run they had uh, up with wins at Manchester City and now against West Ham, who were playing pretty well. So I'm just I'm just going to default to Man United win ugly. I think they get through in the Europa League still, even though it's 1-1 and they're going away to AC Milan. And then I think they get an ugly I kind of think it's going to be a double, double whammy weekend and all the United fans are going to be screaming Ole out again. <laughs> Maybe, but they'll probably just turn around and, you know, wrap up top four. They're already in a very good position. So if they finish top four for a second season in a row, then I don't, and possibly in second place uh, and above Liverpool for the first time in a couple of years, I'm sure United fans will take that sort of steady progression. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, well, we went over a little bit, went a bit long tonight, but uh, whatever. We found We found things to talk about as usual. Uh, Javier, thanks for jumping on with me. Uh, hope you guys enjoy all the football, Premier League and FA Cup that's going on this weekend. Stay tuned. Hopefully during the international break, we'll all get together and uh, give our Champions League uh, reactions and predictions for the next round. If the uh, draw, I think the draw is on Friday. Yeah, after, we'll probably uh, do like a Euro- Europa Champions League since Europa actually will get interesting in the round of eight. And Sure it will. Sure it will. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do, we'll do Europa. <laughs> Hey, I mean, if United and Arsenal are in it, then we're, it's worth we're not, doing. We're, we're not doing Europa League. Come yes, on, we man. are, Alex. Like, Fuck calm you. Down. Fuck like, you, we Alex. Don't, we don't do Europa League. This, like, we, well, we Liverpool focus are probably going to be in the stuff. Europa League next year, so, you know. Welcome to Europa, Liverpool. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up here at the Ghost Skull Pod. You can follow us on social media at ASMOS92 for my uh, Twitter and Instagram, at JavierRev9 for Javier's Twitter, at Andrew Pissarro for Andrew's socials, and at Ghost Skull Pod for the podcast socials. And uh, until next time, 
Feuer. <lacht>